0: Hello and welcome to this edition of Wineskins, a program that features reflections on the lives of the saints and sacred scriptures, along with information on topics and issues from a Catholic perspective. I'm Father Jim Corda. Wineskins is brought to you by the annual Diocesan Appeal, the Catholic Communication Campaign, and St. Paul's Catholic Books and Gifts, a division of the Society of St. Paul. On our show today, I will interview Father Bob England. Today, we will begin a new saint series for the next 17 weeks on saints for healing. Today, we will hear about St. Aloysius Gonzaga, as well as reflections on the readings for this 13th Sunday in Ordinary Time. That and more coming up on Wineskins. In our Bishop's Corner, we will welcome Jill Valentic, who will talk about homelessness. Joining me again is Jill Valentic, who is the Executive Director of Catholic Charities up in Ashtabula County. Welcome back to Wineskins.
1: Thank you so much, Father Corda.
0: You know, as the summer months are upon us, Jill, we look at the different needs that are around us, and those needs don't ever go away. And sometimes during certain times of the year, they get a little more exponential. One of the areas that I'd like to talk about that I think is near and dear to a lot of our hearts is homelessness. Why is that still such an issue here in the United States and especially here in our diocese?
1: There are so many different reasons why we find someone who becomes unhoused. And a lot of times the homeless, and I say homeless, are grouped as a cloister, which is actually not true. And what we find is that we have to share with people of our community that it's an individual outcome it's an individual challenge for a person that is finding themselves either at risk or in the position of homelessness it can be very visual so people see people walking down the streets and it's assumed that they may be homeless but then there's the invisible piece it's very much a struggle because you want to find out what's going on and and hopefully those that are in that position they know where they can go you ask the question why and we can go into scientific reasons. But just for informational purposes, it's very hard to find safe, affordable housing. And that's throughout the country and even in our county, Ashtabula County. The other thing is, is a livable wage. Income can actually impede in someone's ability to maintain the roof over their head. So those are two of the biggest ones. And then there's our medical piece, where someone might have a physical or or maybe there's mental health or substance use, or maybe all three that might create the challenge of securing, I'm just saying their dignity, their life, the roof over their head. And then it could go as far as someone is unhoused and they have a pet and they're living in their car and they do not wanna depart with their pet. That's their loved one, that's their life. And they may not be able to leave their pet in a shelter temporarily while they stay in a homeless shelter. There's many different struggles. And those reasons why that I just shared, we have to be mindful that not everyone has the same situation and the same result or the same type of assistance that we may provide at Catholic Charities.
0: And of course, all of our responses are usually different to homelessness. You know, people think, well, that person can't hold down a job or that person's mentally ill or this person or that. We all have these myths that surround the issue of homelessness. But one of the things that I think is so tragic is our ignorance of it and ignoring it. And I think that happens a lot more than you and I know. So what are some of those challenges that lie ahead that we should be aware of to help us respond to that?
1: Well, first, I'm so glad you brought this up because stigma Hmm. is probably sometimes the first thing that holds back people who are in that unhoused situation because they're very vulnerable. They're trying to find their best option with their current hardship. And if stigma is going to hold back somebody from helping somebody, such as someone looks a certain way, or they speak a certain way, and not provide assistance, you can find that person being back in their homeless situation over and over, and that's where chronic homelessness comes into play. I always say, pray. Pray for those individuals that you wonder about. And then if you do meet with someone that is homeless or you see that someone's homeless and you want to help but you're not sure how, I always say be kind to a person and don't tell them what to do. Maybe just share with them information, maybe refer them if you're in this position to Catholic Charities in Ashtabula and we'd be more than happy to meet with that individual. We also have an information hotline for Asheville County and they would have to just call 211 and they can talk to the operator there who can help direct them as to where to go with their circumstances.
0: As we get more into the summer months and then eventually into fall and winter, that homelessness issue really kind of continues to rear its head. What are some simple things that would help me to help them?
1: One, I always say donations to Catholic charities regarding food bags that we can provide help bridge their situation. So for example, hygiene items, food that if they choose to continue to live in let's say the golf or a park or an abandoned building, at least they have some supplies that can help maintain their situation it does happen where we might be working with the person seeking housing but they're unable to live in a temporary shelter for many different reasons so those supports even a book bag that they could put their personal belongings in is an amazing gift to provide someone that is that's in flux finds themselves precarious all the time but they need to put their license their important papers in and then also food and hygiene items
0: Joe Valentic, executive director of Catholic Charities in Beulah, thank you for what you do and thank you for bringing this issue to the forefront and keeping it before our eyes. Thank you. Thank you. For Wineskins, I'm Father Jim Corda. St. Aloysius Gonzaga is a patron of AIDS patients and their caregivers. To tell us more is Jim Crevanic. He is from St. Michael Church in Canfield.
2: After joining the Jesuits, Aloysius was sent to work in a hospital. When a terrible epidemic struck Rome, he went out every day to collect the sick and the dying. Sadly, his heroic service lasted only a few weeks. He himself fell victim to the epidemic and died. This saintly seminarian died in Rome in 1591 and was canonized in 1726. He was born of a noble family and his father wanted him to be a soldier. At the age of 10, Aloysius consecrated himself to God with a vow of virginity. He received his first Holy Communion at the age of 12 from the hands of St. Charles Borromeo. He entered the Society of Jesus in 1584 and entered the novitiate there in Rome. He received his minor orders and looked forward to priestly ordination. With the outbreak of the epidemic in Rome, he contracted the disease while helping others and never recovered. He died with the name of Jesus on his lips. The prayers of the Mass refer to three characteristics of this young Jesuit whom Pope Pius XI, named Patron of Youth in 1926, the opening prayer states that in St. Aloysius, God combined remarkable innocence with the spirit of penance. We then ask that we have not followed his innocence, that we may follow his example of penance. In the prayer over the gifts, we find the second characteristic. We ask that we may always come to the Eucharist with hearts free from sin. The third characteristic is in the prayer after communion where, after referring to the bread of life, we ask that we may serve God without sin and spend our lives in Thanksgiving. In a letter to his mother in the Office of Readings, he said, I write all this with the one desire that you and all my family may consider my departure a joy and favor, and that you especially may speed with a mother's blessing my passage across the waters till I reach the shore to which all belong. In closing, let us pray. St. Aloysius' AIDS patients and their caregivers have adopted you as their patron because you were the man who overcame his fear of the sick and of the dying and became their most kind-hearted nurse. Help us to behave like you. towards the sufferers we meet every day. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. For Wineskins, I'm Jim Krivenick.
0: Joining me now is Father Bob England, who was recently ordained just two weeks ago to the priesthood here in the Diocese of Youngstown. Welcome back to Wineskins. Oh, thank
3: you. It's good to be here.
0: You know, the last time, Father Bob, you were here, you were just ordained a deacon. And so it's really just a year ago that we had you on Wineskins. We're so happy to have you back, but also to talk about your recent experience as a deacon. But more importantly, as you embark on being a priest— What are some of the emotions that are going on inside you now
3: as you experience this new found ordination? Right now, I'm still very excited and looking forward, very happy to serve the people of the parish, very happy to move forward and become active in the community in this new way. And especially serving as a deacon at uh, St. Christine's for the past year and Our Lady of Sorrows. I'm taking on this different role and so maybe a little disorienting too at the same time. Sure. To go from one role to another.
0: Mm -hmm. It's interesting because as you transition from a deacon to priest, there's a lot of similarities, there's a lot of ministry that's the same, and yet there's things that are totally new, celebrating mass, hearing confessions, anointing the sick. Those are things that are reserved primarily to the priest. In your past year of pastoral work and ministry, what has been some of the
3: greatest joys that you've experienced? Baptisms. I've very much enjoyed doing baptisms. It's a lot of fun. You, we have the whole family around, kids are helping out with towels and they're getting video, and it's been a a very enjoyable experience, and and I would say that that one thing has stood out more than anything else. But also, you know, being up at the altar and living there in that capacity and working in the office, all of these things I'm doing now, I've been doing it in a new way ever since diaconate ordination, and now even still another new way. I have an office now, so, which I didn't have before, (laughs) and... Getting involved with the people, you know, meeting the kids at school, we've had a school there. It's all been very exciting to work with the teachers, to work with the DRE, and to work with all the people in the parish. It's taken on a a life of its own within me that I really cherish. There's one thing that
0: I'd like us to talk about. I know for us as priests, we always try to encourage young men to consider the priesthood or to pursue looking into a vocation to the priesthood. In your experience, have you had that opportunity to talk to young people about the priesthood?
3: Oh, absolutely. One, because there is a school and some of the students there have already said, yeah, I'm thinking about becoming a priest. And I'm like, yeah, go, you know, do it. Also with people who are older too, where I I think I, I connect with them as well because I entered seminary at 45 and being able to talk to them, being able to see how excited they get in the parish. Kids, contrary to what many people think, really and truly enjoy many of them being a part of the parish, serving at the altar, And so it's a transition from that to saying, you know, you can do this full time. You can do this as a priest. You can say mass. You can take on this role and to just talk to them about it and offer it. Many of them have said, that's interesting. This is something I would like to look at although many are very young still. Let's
0: talk about the reality that is before us, and that is the the fewer priests that we have, not only here in our diocese, but I think around the country and, dare I say, around many parts of the world. How has that affected you in your preparation for the priesthood, if it has at all?
3: Well, I don't know so much about the rest of the world and how they're dealing with it. But I, I know in this diocese and I think that most of the listeners can identify with this but because I saw it in my home parish and I see it now that de- not only the decline in people but the decline in priests and maybe a generational change, generational shift has taken place and so the churches don't have as many people in them. There's demographic change, people have left, they've gone down south And so, one, we face the reality of a lot of churches closing and or one priest serving many different parishes or the whole staff serving many different parishes and how there's a struggle involved with that and then trying to keep people.
0: In your experience, have people tended to band together and work together more closely when there's this parish merger that happens?
3: Sure. You know, sometimes there's a little bit of There's a little bit of uncertainty, you know, maybe a little fear. Is my parish going to be swallowed up? Is this bigger parish going to take us over? And I think that I've really only seen that one time and... Most of the time, we've been able to maintain these parishes where I've worked, and we've been able to allay those fears. And then the two parishes start working together. We see that now with St. Christine and Our Lady of Sorrows that they work together. And I've seen with my home parish the same thing happen that they did come together and work together.
0: Let's talk about some of the past support that you have, and also down the road, the future support. Obviously, you've had support from family, friends,
3: people in church ministry. How important has that support been for you? I could not have made it without the support of my family and friends. So many people have helped me along the way that I don't think it would have been possible. And the support of friends, even friends that are not Catholic, have really come out. And because for many of them this is a very alien idea, it's sort of renouncing the world, So they are not only supportive, but maybe I think a little shocked at first, but they've come around to not only accept it, but to encourage me Mm -hmm. in following this vocation.
0: Let's talk about vocations. And I know we touched on it briefly. If there's folks that are with us that have a family member or a child or a grandchild that they think might have a vocation, what would you tell them how to encourage
3: that person? Well, that was one of the things that I had looked for myself, was to have somebody encourage me in the vocation. And in fact, it was a rule that I had to have somebody ask me to consider it. Mm. And that finally happened. But I would say that if they see it and they want to encourage a vocation to the priesthood, to not be afraid of it, for one, Is many people are afraid. They, they want children, grandchildren, and so they're afraid to send one of their kids to the seminary. I would encourage them to go ahead and tell them not to be afraid of it, to accept it and to see where it goes. And to maybe let their son know, or if it's a daughter, she's thinking about entering religious life, to go ahead and say, you know, I see this in you. I see that you love doing this. You're very devout doing these things. Have you ever considered, ask them if they've ever considered it. And ask them if they've spoken to their pastor at the parish or If they've talked to anybody about pursuing the vocation and to give them that encouragement and to maybe talk to the pastor to find out who they can talk to.
0: Well, Father Bob England, it's a pleasure to have you on Wineskins again. We thank you, first of all, for your vocation. We ask the Lord to continue to bless you in that vocation. We know that you have been blessed in many ways, and in turn, you'll bless many people through the church. So thank you for that. Thank you. For Wineskins, I'm Father Jim Corda. For more information and to listen to Wineskins, visit the website www.catholicecho.org. Stay with us. We'll be back in a moment.
4: Church World Service believes that being self-reliant is a joy everyone should share. So, around the block or around the world, share the joy. 33 million Americans have descended into poverty. And as their futures fall,
2: so does our nations.
0: The song we have for you today is from the CD called Come You Who Labor. It is by Vince Ambrosetti.
4: by my word shall you grow setting you high on the face of my cliff no danger shall come well guarded are you while nested within my own care as on eagle's wings I will Although you will fall without flight Safe on my wing shall you rest Stripping away all that's trite that you trust Despite all your pain, I'm always the same The rock that you stand on is me As on I will live. as I fall. we yeah. yeah.
0: And to tell us about the scriptures for this 13th Sunday in Ordinary Time is Father Tom Eisworth. He is Pastor Emeritus of Blessed Sacrament Church in Warren.
5: Do little things matter? The great luxury ship, the Titanic, sank during its maiden voyage from England to America. The investigation of the tragedy that claimed over 1,500 lives showed that the great ship was doomed due to a rudder too small to make the huge ship turn in time to avoid striking an iceberg spotted by the watchman on duty. A great ocean liner lost over such a thing as an undersized rudder. Do little things matter? I think so. And so does Jesus. Our gospel lesson today features a saying from our Lord about the importance of little things. Even something so little as a small act of offering a cup of cold water to a thirsty person. Small acts of kindness are the basic building blocks of a life of service to the world in the name of Christ. Great lives are composed not of one heroic, spectacular act, but a series of small acts of greatness spread over a lifetime. Dag Hammarskjöld, who was Secretary General of the United Nations for many years, once wrote this in his diary. People who are worried about world issues about global problems, very easily forget the smaller issues. If you are not willing to be good in smaller circles of your family and friends, you cannot do anything for humanity as such. It is better to be good with all one's heart to one person than to sacrifice oneself for humanity in general. This was the perspective of Jesus. Our lives, like the lives of those that we meet in life, Turn on small acts. It is true, isn't it? Your favorite memories as a child are not of the great moments that your parents planned for, saved for, or prepared for. Often your favorite memory is a time when they wept with you over the loss of a pet, or the way that they laughed at your jokes, or packed your favorite sandwich in your school lunchbox. The little things mean the most as time goes by. And small sets of words are hinges for our life doors. Think of the way that your life changed when you said or heard these small phrases. You're hired. I do. Honey, I'm pregnant. Come, quickly, he's dying. Just a few words, like cups of cold water to the thirsty, can be the turning point of a lifetime. And all of us can offer just a few words, like I'm sorry. I love you, you are forgiven, God bless you. These could be the words someone is thirsting for, and offering them just might change a life. Who knows? God knows. That's who. For Wineskins, I'm Father Thomas Eisworth. Nothing really gets changed, and nobody
0: really gets saved, until somebody puts their life on the line. That's what Jesus did for the world. And that's what he is calling us to do today. Wineskins is made possible through the annual Diocesan Appeal, the Catholic Communication Campaign, and St. Paul's Catholic Books and Gifts. The program is produced by the Roman Catholic Diocese of Youngstown. I'm Father Jim Corda saying thank you for being with us. Have a blessed holiday week.
5: What have you done for your marriage today? I gave my wife a hug
0: this morning. I thought, uh, I love her. I uh, did her hair this morning. I think it looks pretty good.
2: I cooked my husband's uh, favorite breakfast.
5: I bought her an orchid.
2: What have I done for my marriage today? I sent my husband a love email.
3: I read the newspaper to my wife and it cracked her up. She's, but she's still laughing.
5: <laughs> what have you done for your marriage today? Make a change for
1: the better. Need help? Go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church.
0: They say America is the land of opportunity, but for some, life isn't so easy. Right now in America, one in six children lives below the poverty line. That's nearly 13 million children of all races all across our country. Where do you draw the line and get involved? You can make a difference in more ways than you think. Go to povertyusa.org today, because one in six children in poverty is one too many. A message from the Catholic Campaign for Human Development.